Hello, you lovely lot. I wanted to take a moment to share an exciting announcement with you all. I will be doing a live show for Happy Mum, Happy Baby at the podcast show in London on the 22nd of May. This will be a live episode of this very podcast featuring me and a very special soon-to-be-announced guest. Get ready for a candid conversation, unfiltered truths, laughs, invaluable non-judgmental advice and lived experiences. Dive into the complexities of parenting while juggling work, relationships and personal growth and we'll be talking beyond the baby years. As well as the live episode, the show will also include a Q&A with both me and my guest. Tickets go on sale this Friday the 26th of April at 10am, but anyone who is part of the Happy Mum, Happy Baby newsletter will be getting early access to tickets on Wednesday the 24th of April at 10am. To sign up to the newsletter and for more information about the event, please head to happymumhappybaby.com forward slash events. I can't wait to see you there. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theatres, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. And welcome to a brand new episode of Happy Mum, Happy Baby, the podcast. I am, I know I say this a lot, but I am very excited about today's guest. Um, she is an actress, an author, a West End legend, I would say. Um, she is a creative. She has a magical brain. Uh, she's also my sister-in-law and about to give birth to my niece. I can't wait. Uh, today's guest is Carrie Home Fletcher. Hello. I feel like I'm behind the scenes. <laughs> <laughs> to the chaos that goes on. I know. I love it. Behind the episodes. Uh, I mean, Carrie, first of all, let, let's just say, how far along are you? Uh, 37 weeks yesterday. <gasps> so full term now. Oh my gosh, that's like any day now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the due window, that's what yes. they call it, isn't it? Because yeah, yeah, due yeah. dates are sort of like quite arbitrary. Yeah. They're, you know, it's the due window where as soon as you're full term, it could be now until 42 weeks, yeah. any time, any day. I hate the uncertainty of it. I don't like <laughs> no structure. I don't like not having a schedule. Yeah. And how are you with surprises in general? Hate them. Hate- <laughs> Do you know what? Actually, that's a lie. I, I hate it when someone says... I'm going to surprise you, but you've got to wait 
until your birthday. I'm like, oh, I'm just going to sit here for the next however many months stewing, wondering what the surprise could be. But if someone's like, and surprise, and it's now, this is the surprise and it's happening, you know, then I'm fine. Yeah. But it's it's the anticipation, it's the waiting. I don't, I'm a control freak, G. I don't like not having control <laughs> over something. Well, that's the thing, this is like, yeah, this is the ultimate taking the control away from you. This is a learning curve because I, I, I literally wake up every day going, could be today. <laughs> But it might not be, and I've just got to sit through the agony of going, well, that's just another day where baby didn't arrive. <laughs> Carrie, we are going to go right back. Okay. I mean, I've known you since you were 10. Uh, younger, you actually. Have. So, yeah, younger. So how would you describe your childhood? Oh, God. I mean, to me, it felt quite normal. But then I know, like, looking in from the outside, it must have seemed bizarre. Yeah. Because my childhood was so theatrical but it never felt out of the ordinary because that's kind of just what I'd always known. Well, and you're surrounded by other kids that were doing it as well. Yeah, and Tom went to Sylvia Young's and he's seven years older than me. So by the time I came along, he was already kind of interested in performing and, you know, music and musicals were always such a huge part of our family. So, yeah, I just, I don't ever really remember wanting to do anything other than what I'm doing now, which, you know, is I feel very lucky because there are so many people who go through life just not knowing what they want to do with their lives. And I've kind of, I don't remember a time where I didn't know. There was a brief period where I wanted to be an archaeologist, but that was, <laughs> that was, that was Indiana Jones. And I realised actually I just wanted to be an actor so one day I could pretend to be an archaeologist. <laughs> but yeah, my childhood was like very, very theatrical, but to me it didn't feel weird. Mm. But I know to the kids at school, you know, it was like, oh, why does she get a day off to go and be in the French Revolution or to, you know, have a magical flying car or a magical flying nanny? You know, like, why does she get to do those things and, and we don't? And it's weird yeah. and it's not what normal kids do. Yeah. But yeah, for me, it was just like a fun... It was like the equivalent of kids going to, like, their piano lesson or their football match at the weekends. I just went to the theatre. It's funny, isn't it? Like, we were touching it a little bit the other day when you... So you came over for a race at the weekend with your mum and dad and we were talking about the fact that as kids, your mum and dad had obviously instilled something in both you and Tom where not anything is possible, but you can achieve. You know, nothing yeah. is off limits, but your mum and dad aren't pushy parents. They're, they are the opposite of pushy they, parents. They really are. I still can't get them to sit anywhere further in the theatre than the back row. <laughs> <laughs> if I get them, like, press night tickets, if I, by chance, get some free tickets for a show and it's in the middle of the stalls, mum will do her utmost to, like, duck down in her seat because yeah. she thinks if I see her at any given moment, I'm going to forget <laughs> my lines <laughs> or get really nervous or just, like, stop singing and just be like, Hi, mum! <laughs> But yeah, she's there. They are the opposite of pushy parents. Mum is so, mum especially. Yeah. Dad's dad less. Dad is a very proud dad. Yeah. So if my mum goes to the loo in the theatre, by the time she's gotten back, dad has told the people next to him that he's my dad. <laughs> <laughs> he's let people know that you know his daughter's the leading lady yeah. in the show, and you know then wants to have a conversation about it. But that's that's as far as it goes. They will then like stand at stage door. Like sometimes they leave. Like they'll they'll beat the crowds home, and I'll call them. And being like, are you, are we coming home together? Are we getting the train together? You know, can I, you know, can I see you? And they're like, oh no, we're halfway home. They're so unassuming. Do you know what I mean? Mm. They just, I just find it really fascinating that two people that are like mum and dad have birthed and, you know, guided two <laughs> children who have literally followed their dreams, their potential. And you both had knockbacks along the way. But something, something within you 
which does, it is within you. I, I believe mm. that you're born with it, but it is then guided by your, you know, the people around you, your carers, your care providers. Something in you two just made you push that extra mile. I wonder if it's like their upbringing versus our upbringing. I yeah. wonder if it's, you know, because dad, you know, is very musical, especially dad plays guitar. He sings, he used to have a band that would play around like YMCA's and pubs and clubs and stuff. And so I wonder if because that was, you know, what Tom's doing now was at one point dad's dream mm. and he didn't he didn't get to do it just because life, there were things in the way and there were obstacles that he had to, you know, would have had to have overcome that just weren't possible for him at the time when he was younger. So then him being able to do that for Tom then became his dream you know what I mean yeah, yeah, yeah. it then became about like encouraging that in your children that then allows you to sort of like explore that dream yourself yeah it's pretty magical pretty magical mm. have like over the years did your mind ever wonder like wonder to you as a mum and having your own family it was something that was always so far off in the distance that I never gave it any huge amount of thought. Yeah, because you obviously, like, you are the youngest and there's an age gap and you're an amazing auntie. So for the last sort of nine, ten years, you've had nephews, you've had babies mm -hmm. around, but has it always been that thing that's never really interested you? No. I mean, it's it's interested me in the sense that I've always known I've wanted a family yeah. and I've wanted kids and I've wanted to be a mum. And I feel like within my friend group, I am I am the mum. I'm the one that makes I'm the one that holds all the passports. I'm the one that has everyone's tickets on my phone and I won't let anyone else touch them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no, you'll lose them. I am in charge. And I, I'm I am the mother of my friend group and always have been. My house has always been like everyone's sort of home yeah. away from home. I always have friends who like, oh, you're rehearsing in London. I'll oh, just come and stay with me because I will, I'm home. I'll cook for us all. You know, I've always been the maternal yeah. figure in my friend group. But then obviously looking after adults is very different to looking after <laughs> tiny, tiny human beings who can't even lift their own heads up. Um, I, I feel like I've just, I'm discovering things for the first time that I think a lot of people or a lot of, you know, people who give birth know from an earlier age because they take more of an active interest in it right and because I'm sort of very new to this and really wanting motherhood like within the last like two years I feel like switches have been flipped in my brain that have just gone oh my god I want children so badly all of a sudden I'm researching all of this stuff that I've just never ever come across before and I'm just I'm like overloaded with information yeah. and I've been thinking about exactly that question like when when did I know I wanted to be a mum? Has it always been like a serious want? Has it always been something that's just been like off in the distance and suddenly I'm like faced with it? But I keep coming back to this conversation that I had with my cousin, Joanne, when we were a god. I think we must have been like 10, yeah. maybe even younger than that. I think maybe even younger than that. And we were asked what we wanted to be when we were younger. And her first answer was a mum. I want to be a mum. And I remember thinking that was so weird because I had <laughs> nothing in me that was like, no, I don't want to look after kids. Like, absolutely not. I want to be an actress. Like, I very much was very selfish and put myself, <laughs> put myself and my wants first. And yeah, I keep coming back to that conversation because like, when did, when did that change? Yeah. I feel like it's been a very recent change, even though I've always known this is something that I've wanted. But it's always just been away in the distance. Yeah, I wonder if there's a few components to that. Obviously, age is a thing. Mm -hmm. Work-wise, you're very set now in, you know, you've really built up your career. People know who Carrie Hope Fletcher is. You're a leading lady. Partner, 
you know, even if you were to go down the sperm donation route, you know, that like, you know, but maybe before now you hadn't met the person that you wanted to have kids with. I think that's such a massive thing. Yeah, I, I think Joel is the first person who has always been like, I want to be a dad. Yeah. I've never been with someone who has been so certain of that fact. And I think because all of my other relationships, I was young enough to go... Oh, well, you know, we'll have that conversation another time. We don't have to have that conversation now because also, I'm not there yet either. the maternal thing, you you are like that mothering role. I'm not saying that you mothered your boyfriends, but <laughs> I'm not going to say that. But there was definitely, Joel is a different kettle of fish. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He's He knows who he is. He's grounded. He's settled. Yeah. There was a different energy maybe that came with him anyway. You didn't have to worry about him. He's so driven yeah. and he's got such a get up and go mentality that, yeah, I feel like he's, if I leave him alone, stuff's going to get done. Yeah. For our honeymoon, he had a full itinerary that he sent me two weeks before. <laughs> and I a colour coded itinerary. <laughs> so, yeah, he's definitely got that sort of uh, fathering paternal energy. Yeah. Just he's I, I've always said that Joel is a dad without kids. Yeah. Yeah. He 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 is that dad energy. Did you have a like an idea of when you would like to go down that route? Cuz I know that when you did Caucasian Chalk Circle it suddenly felt like you were very broody. I was very broody, very very broody. And I think I was still very tentative because my career has been everything to me. Yeah. And the idea of putting that on hold for, a, you know, a potentially indefinite amount of time. And that is such a massive thing like how do you work out When's the right time to do it? Like, because you must always be looking around at, you know, new productions that are coming in, productions mm-hmm. that are being rumoured and kind of going, oh, if I if I do have a family, then I'm out of that role that I've been longing to play or it must be so hard. Yeah, I was halfway through an audition process for something and I just got a recall for it. And then they moved the dates forward for the show which meant that my due date and their opening date were like two weeks apart. And I was like, it's just not going to happen. So I, it's different if they say you're not right for the part. We yeah. just, you know, this is the end of your journey because there's nothing you can do about that. But when you're the one going, I this could have been a possibility and I could have played this role and that could have been, you know, the next year of my life. And I'm the one who's having to pull myself out of it. That's That That was a really... I did have a bit of a cry over that one. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess it's that shift though, right? Yeah, it's a huge shift, a huge mental shift of, you know, putting something and someone else yeah. before you. But then at the same time, I was like, this is what I've chosen this. I want this. I know, but I, I think there's that thing where you've, you know, you're in an industry where you are trained to you know, say yes in the room, say yes to everything. You can do everything, yeah. sort it out later. And you literally have to fight for those roles consistently. And, um, you know, nothing is taken for granted. And I think it's such a big shift when you're suddenly having to go, OK, I'm going to stop doing that. Yeah, and there is a man- mentality within the industry as well that if you aren't 150% in it and you aren't dedicated to work every hour that they are telling you to work and, you know, if there's, you know, a doctor's appointment that you're not willing to to rearrange, then you just don't want it enough yeah. and you're just not grateful for it enough. And I feel like that is shifting because especially post-pandemic, everyone's saying that's just not a good enough way to live our lives anymore. There has to be a balance. So there is a shift, but it's just, it's not happening as as quickly as I'm getting pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> it's not happening as quickly as this baby is growing. So, <laughs> Yeah, I, I can remember though, looking back, that when you did Caucasian Jork Circle, there was 
And it might be because you were holding a baby the whole time and it was a very maternal role. Um, mm. But that's the first time that I started hearing the fact that you were broody. Yeah, and I, I think it was a very maternal role. I mean, the whole role is about a woman who is quite young but ends up looking after a tiny baby and seeing it through the first years of its life and then having it taken away from her. Um, you know, it's it was a very deeply emotional role and all I had was a teddy bear and weirdly... And I, I, I stole the bear. Did you? I, I stole the bear, G. It's in my cabinet downstairs. <laughs> because I, I became so attached to it and I loved it so much and I had to learn, like, some very minor, like, puppetry skills to make it come to life yeah. to the point where I was like, I know my hands are moving this bear and yet I want to cry because it's so cute. <laughs> and I had to have it in, like, a baby wearing sling yeah. for the whole show as well and I yeah I feel like that does something to someone <laughs> especially when you just met the person that you you definitely know you want to spend the rest of your life with you're like oh <laughs> well this is a new sensation <laughs> and at that point how like when did you both think would be the right time well I was convinced that it was going to take us ages to get pregnant because that's all I've heard from people around me, that they've been trying for years, that, you know, they've had to, you know, go through different processes to get pregnant. They've had to start IVF. And I have no idea about my own fertility. Like, I've never had any tests done. I, I have not even really been to hospital. Like, being pregnant is the first time where I've had to have, like, regular visits to the hospital. And I hate it, if I'm totally <laughs> honest with you. I hate going to the hospital. Turns out we are, like, the most fertile people on planet Earth. Joel just looked to you, right? And then it was like, bam! Yeah. Yeah, literally looked at me once. <laughs> Baby in my belly. <laughs> Talk to me about finding out. Like, did you have any um, symptoms that made you go, ooh? Because obviously first month, you're kind of like, would you even dare to think that that might be a possibility? I mean, I found out so early that I didn't even give my body any time to have any symptoms right. at all. I think I was four weeks pregnant when I found out. Right. Like, that's nothing. Were you on your own when you took it? Stupid, stupid. I don't know why I did that. I don't know why I was on my own and didn't wait for Joel. Well, I because guess it again, I just, just wasn't. That, yeah, it wasn't. Yeah. That it was going to be anything. Yeah, I just thought that it was. Yeah, this wasn't the time. I think the only test that I had in that bathroom was like a one of the ones where just the line comes up. Yeah. It wasn't like one of the like the fancy clear blue ones. So I quickly ran out to Tesco's to get like one of the fancy ones to you know definitely make sure I w I wanted the word yeah. I didn't want the line I wanted it to tell me <laughs> I hate me. the line especially now with the COVID sticks I'm like what <laughs> but you also convince yourself that you're seeing things yeah yeah and it was a very faint line as well because I was so it was so early yeah so I was like is that a line I need I need the word I need undeniable proof that it says pregnant and how did that feel when the word pregnant came up I laughed so loudly it wasn't even it was obviously it was an emotional moment when I then rang Joel but I was so elated and just found it so funny that I thought this was going to be a long, <laughs> long process. But Joel, yeah, Joel was the opposite. Joel definitely thought that we were just going to get pregnant straight away. And he was he was right. I don't regret not waiting, though, because I feel like now with the way that everything has timed out, it kind of has been perfect. And also, if anything was different, you'd have a different baby. No, I mean, there would be yeah. a different baby growing inside of you. It, blow, it honestly blows my mind, stuff like that. Yeah. I can't think about stuff like that for too long because I, I can't, I actually cannot wrap my head around yeah. that. Yeah, it wouldn't be just the same baby a year down the line. Totally different. Totally different set, yeah, of, of DNA and stuff. Crazy. Talk me through that phone call. Oh, and and the fact that it's a phone call, so you were so... <laughs> oh, no. It was a FaceTime. It okay, was a FaceTime. Okay. And my favourite thing is that 
because Joel's currently, uh, well, he was in Hamilton at the time. So he was dressed as King George <laughs> III. <laughs> and he wears this very, very silly little wig, that little white curled wig. And that was the first thing he said. Uh, I told, because uh, I, I texted him and said, oh, like, are you on stage? <laughs> like, are you in your dressing room? Are you free? And I think he knew straight away because I, te- I told him I was going to take a pregnancy <laughs> test. So he was like, oh God, this is, this is the phone call. This is it. So I FaceTimed him and he was already like looking like expectant, like, oh, and I, I laughed and then cried. And he was like, oh my God, are you pregnant? I look like such a dick. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, this is not how I envisioned this conversation would go, that my wife is telling me that she's pregnant and I'm dressed as King George III. <laughs> Oh, bless him. Oh, was he mid-show? Like, going out and doing the rest of the show, knowing that. I think he was on cloud nine, and I think at that point he just wanted to get home. He just wanted to to be with me to, like, share the the news. And I was in the middle of rehearsing for the Crown Jewels as well. So I was in the middle of a, a royal show too, and that rehearsal process was tough. Yeah. Going through a first trimester when you're... In, it, it was the height of summer as well. It was like 32 degrees and we were in a room that had no air con, wearing like corsets and like lots of layers. Oh, it was that was a tough rehearsal Aren't process. Were you sick in the bin during rehearsals? I was. I was sick in the bin, yeah. Yeah, I finished. I managed to get through my song though, nice. Ever the Professional. <laughs> I got through my song. I know, I know. Got through my song, sang the final note and just ran ran to the ran to the bin and was violently sick in the bin yeah so how early did you have to tell them look guys i mean that if that wasn't a giveaway <laughs> <laughs> i had to sort of reassure everyone that i wasn't like distributing a bug around the cast yeah. that i was actually just i was just pregnant um so yeah, I, I told them all quite early on because and because I, I was feeling like the first trimester I found really difficult. I was really sick. Like I, I don't think I kept any. Well, no, I it wasn't like I could, didn't keep anything down. I just couldn't get anything down. I, I was yeah. sort of feeling so nauseous that the idea of eating anything was not the one. Um, and yeah, because I was feeling so rough, I felt like I just needed a bit of support through rehearsals and tech. So I sort of let everyone know. And I was working with Mel Gedroich at the time, and my God, she's just. She was the perfect person to have on that job at that time because she's such a maternal person yeah. as well. She's got two daughters and she's so she's so maternal, so loving, so caring. And as soon as she found out that fruit was my craving, she'd turn up with a prep fruit cup every day. <laughs> she's amazing. I love that. I love that so much. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. 
To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. We were talking about timing earlier. And for you, so you had the crown jewels and then you had Panto straight after. Mm. Realising you were pregnant and knowing what that nine months actually looked like, how did that feel? (laughs) Well, I'd said yes to Panto before I knew I was pregnant. Yeah. And I think when the conversation had to be, you have to have the conversation at at 12 weeks Mm. with any producers, I think. And, you know, you legally have to let people know that you are pregnant. I guess it's a physical thing and you're going out. Yeah. And, you know, costumes might have to be altered. And that's something that your team, you know, the team around you have to know. But at 12 weeks, you're still at a point where you're not showing, you're not really growing. You're out of the morning sickness and you're starting to feel quite good again. So I was like, yeah, Panto, 13 shows a week, let's do it. Be fine. <laughs> I was very optimistic. And I also, it's that classic thing of just not let, not wanting to let people down. Yeah. I didn't want to disappoint anyone. But I did also just had convinced, I had convinced myself that it was just going to be, it was going to be fine. And it was fine. And, you know, I didn't miss a show of Panto and it, it was great. But they were amazing. You know, the, the, the Panto team that I was working with, I'd worked with them the year before and they're just so chill about everything. They're really, like, it's a well-oiled machine. They know what they're doing. They put a little chair for me in stage left. Because the, vi- the villain's always on stage left. So they put a little chair for me. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's panto. You're, you're only on stage for, what, sort of, like, 15 minutes, 20 minutes for the entire show as the villain. Finding out the gender. This was something that yeah. you really wanted to do. Again, you don't like surprises. I don't like surprises. And also, I just wanted to plan. Yeah. I feel like it's quite a bonding thing. I felt like I knew that... I would bond so much more with this little thing growing inside me if I knew what the gender was, what the sex was. I really wanted to know, but classic me, I didn't want to wait until 20 weeks. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't want to wait for that scan. Um, So I did one of those sneak peek blood tests. Oh, yeah. Which is quite intense. When you get the kit through, it says everywhere on the box that anyone that doesn't share your chromosomes can touch the box. Even if you've got male pets... They have to be out of the room just in case it contaminates your blood sample. And it says that like in capital letters all over the box. And you have to, you know, disinfect everything. They It comes with like nail scrubbers just in case, you know, just in case I'd like touched Joel and got some of his DNA underneath my fingernails or, you know, like really intense. And then, yeah, it was agony waiting for the for the test results. And one of the annoying thing what things was, they get sent off to a lab in America. Right. So there's also a time difference. So they email you saying, in 12 hours, like within, within the next 12 hours, we'll email your results. But within the next 12 hours is like 6 a.m. So I stayed up until one o'clock in the morning and was like, right, I've got stuff to do tomorrow. I need to, I need to go to sleep. Yeah. The email came through at five minutes past no! one. Fuming, fuming. But I woke up at six o'clock the next day and saw the email. I thought, I was like, how long can I leave it before I wake Joel up? It's <laughs> six o'clock in the morning. We both have very busy days and we could both do with a bit more sleep. But I'm I'm not going to get back to sleep now knowing that that email sat there. Did you just wake him up? Yeah. <laughs> I just elbowed him in the ribs and was like, the email's in. And it was really cute. It comes up with like a little video. And I... Look, I'm going to be honest. I had a preference. I really wanted a girl. But also, we've really got three boys. Girl. Do you know what I mean? I like... know, I know. I, but I think I've just always envisioned myself with girls yeah. for some reason. And also my, my lovely friend Louise Pentland, she's got two daughters and I, their relationship just makes my heart melt every time I see them. And I just wanted that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I really want that. 
Um, and yeah, also because, you know, you've got the three boys and, you know, I'd love to see mum and dad interact with, you know, a little granddaughter. Yeah. So yeah, I just, for some, not that I would have been disappointed had it been a boy at all, yeah. but I was especially elated when it came up with the little, like, pink puff of cloud <laughs> smoke on the screen. I was like, yay! <laughs> and then cried for like 12 hours. <laughs> Saying that, I mean, her nursery is... Very beige. <laughs> We've gone very, very beige for her nursery because it is, and it, yeah, it's so weird because I'm so sort of like against the the, the like gender stereotypes. Like I know. The whole, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to dress her in pink. But that is and so she's... funny. That is just with the the gender reveal thing, which is quite a new thing. I think it's that is just the way they differentiate. It's blue or it's yeah. Blue, you know. Yeah, but yeah, I'm I'm just I felt like I've really bonded. Really, since but then. But saying that, do you know what's really weird? I had a dream last night that the baby was born and it was a boy and that everyone had got it wrong. <laughs> that was my dream last night. God, I love the crazy pregnancy dreams. <laughs> I gave birth to watermelon. Did you? <laughs> yeah, but not like not like a full watermelon, yeah. like a baby, but made out of watermelon. Wow. Yeah. So weird, isn't it? Why? So bizarre. Um, how have you been feeling heading towards the birth? Was birth ever something that you considered before getting pregnant? Yes. And I, for some reason, I'm really excited about it. Yeah. Because I, I, it feels like a challenge and I love a challenge. <laughs> and it's something that I've never done before. So it, it's, you know, it's something that my body's going to do that I've never, ever experienced. And I don't think you can replicate it or, you know, go through something that's even sort of vaguely similar because it's so extreme and so, you know... It's it's birth. Yeah. It's like it's, it's seeing such your a body do something thing. completely yeah. new. It's ne- not never done before. Yeah, and I'm also not scared of of pain. I think I've got quite a high pain threshold. And saying this, you watch. I'll be like, <laughs> give me all the drugs. Um, but I, I I'm I feel like half the battle. Again, saying this with zero experience, but I feel like half the battle is mental. Yeah. And going into it not feeling stressed and not feeling tense and, um, you know, not sort of being scared of it. Well, you've gone down the hypnobirthing route for a start. I have. I have. Heavily inspired by you, G, because I remember you talking about it so much. Um, and, you know, you being... I remember your... Wasn't your first birth, like, two paracetamol and two jelly babies? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like, I want that. <laughs> I want that. Yes, please. That sounds like the dream. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I've done the the positive birth company with Siobhan Miller yeah. and loved it. And and just you know, this I've I've learned a lot that I definitely didn't know before. Um, and I just love, I just love the calm approach to it. And that you know, this is something that people have been doing for millions of years. Like people have been giving birth for forever. Do you feel ready? As ready as anyone can feel. Yeah. I f- I feel like we are as prepared as any two people can be. I feel like we we know we know what comes next, but the I feel like you can't I just don't think any amount of reading and researching can prepare you for the actual like the, the actual practical lessons that I'm going to learn on the job. <laughs> just be kind to yourself, I'd say the first mm. few weeks. Yeah, I keep saying my word for the year is forgiveness. Like I would just, you know, I'm going to make mistakes. Joel's going to make mistakes. We're not going to know all of the answers 
you know, things are gonna, they're gonna go wrong. But as long as we're all okay, we just need to forgive ourselves and move on. It's like when you're in a show and, and you mess up a line, if you start focusing on the line that you messed up, you mess up 10 more. Yeah. Whereas if you just, you just acknowledge it, move on and, you know, forgive yourself for that mistake and then just crack on, yeah. things will be okay. And I feel like that's sort of the same, the same, the same thing that I'm adopting for, for motherhood. Yeah. <laughs> Mistakes are going to happen. We acknowledge it. We figure out what went wrong and then we just crack on. Carrie, if you could write a letter on motherhood, who would it be to and what would you say? Oh, I think it would be to it would be to my mum because we've only just started having conversations about motherhood. But I also think as a teenager, I was a very emotional, sensitive quite secretive teenager as well and I feel like that was really difficult for my parents to deal with because I think it was also just the polar opposite to what I'd been like as a tiny child as a toddler and as like you know a a younger teen I was very outgoing when I was a younger child and you know was always the one striking up conversations with people and just randomly chatting to you know whoever was around and then I suddenly just retreated on myself and became the polar opposite. And my parents were like, what the hell? What's going on? Like, you're a, diff- you're a totally different child now. And we don't, we've now got to, like, relearn everything about you that we thought we already knew. So, yeah, I feel like, I feel like my letter would be an apology letter to my mum. <laughs> but I love that. There's something about becoming a parent that makes you look at your own parents differently. You know, mm. you see your, your mum and dad as, as younger people, as people that don't necessarily have all the answers but are doing what they think is right well you suddenly see them as people yeah because you you grow up thinking that they're they're the authority therefore they must know everything they have all of the answers and for the most part when you're younger the questions you're asking they do have the answers to but then that just reinforces that belief that they really do know everything so then when you get older and you start asking questions they don't have the answers to but also disagreeing with their answers you're suddenly like, oh, I don't know what to do now. And suddenly you feel a little, maybe a little bit more on your own and a little bit more sort of like you've got to figure stuff out for yourself for the first time. And then, of course, you get to being an adult and you're like, oh, no one knows anything any any of the yeah. time. Yeah. Everyone's just making it up. Because I think even as a 21-year-old, I was sort of like, oh, when I'm 25, I'll I'll have it figured out. Oh, when I'm 27, I'll have it figured out. And then you do sort of start going oh, I'll never have it figured out and that's okay because no one else has it figured out either. I'm going to give you the start of three sentences and you're going to finish them. Okay. Okay, so the first one is being a mum means... Having an endless amount of forgiveness, not just for other people around you, but for yourself as well. Uh, Since being pregnant, I... Have a newfound respect for the human body. Uh, And finally, I'm happy when... God, I'm happy when I'm talking. (laughs) I love talking and I feel like I, the only way that I can unravel what's going on in my brain is if I say it. Yeah. Carrie Hope Fletcher, thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Um, I can't wait to touch base with you on the other side. I mean, obviously, we'll speak away from the podcast. Yeah. But But isn't it weird to think that on the other side, it could be in like two days' time? I know. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. 
Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.